Hello and welcome to EQ's podcast. This series, Pinch and Purpose, focuses on consumer attitudes towards unsecured credit. Based on our research, we provide strategic information for lenders to make positive change. In this episode, we discuss the growing importance of green credentials for lenders and a greater focus on sustainability and the environment. We hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the next edition of the Equinity Credit Services podcast. I'm joined today by Alex Mollart, Deputy Chief Executive of Tandem Bank. Hello Alex, good to see you. Hi Richard and uh, thank you for the introduction. It's a pleasure. So we're going to be talking today about uh, the green dream and uh, the need for uh, society in in general um, and the UK economy particularly to transition from its current position to one which uh, supports more green measures in the um, in the, the overall community in the household for transportation um, and to help us achieve our global objective of becoming uh, carbon net zero by 2050. Alex, you're in, uh, in, in Tandem Bank. Do you want to just give us a bit of an overview as to how you got there and some of the background that goes with that? Yeah, I'd love to, uh, Richard. Thank you. Um, so I personally have been um, building a lending business since 2009, what was formerly uh, First Stop. Uh, that's what we're known as for probably a good 10 plus years. Um, we merged or changed our name into Oplo uh, in 2020. Um, and we've been building a consumer lending uh, business that has products in second charge mortgages, unsecured credit and car finance. Um, towards the end of that journey, we built uh, a business of circa 400, 500 million of loan book um, and we were financed through uh, the usual warehouse uh, facilities that are available from some of the mainstream banks like City. Um, we started getting into conversations um, early, early in the credit, uh, sorry, in the credit crunch, early in the, uh, uh, in the COVID period, the pandemic, um, where we started to think about what the future of the bank, uh, sorry, of Oplo might look like. Um, and it, it was very clear that doing a deal, whether that's a merger, a purchase or being bought by a bank would be a really um, sensible proposition for us. Um, so at that point, we then started to engage with several uh, opportunities of which Tandem uh, was probably the most attractive. So Tandem itself um, has a great digital uh, deposit caping take, uh, capability. So it advertised itself as the Good Green Bank and was taking savings facilities um, of you know almost a billion pounds um, but what it didn't have was a great um, origination capability so it did have some origination in first mortgages and it had recently acquired a business called Allium um, which was a specialist in green lending in the home improvements market um, so obviously there were two product lines that we didn't have the capability for um, and as a consumer lender they were two nice additions so uh, over the course of 2021, we started talking together about what a deal might look like. And then towards uh, the end of 21, we signed. Um, it was effectively a purchased tandem purchased Oplo, um, but we really saw it as a sort of combi- a business combination of two businesses coming together. Um, the other uh, benefit of that transaction at the time was uh, Pollen Street Capital Oplo's equity house um, was the manager, the fund manager of the tandem investment on behalf of the QIA, uh, the Qatar Investment Authority. So Pollen, whilst not having significant ownership on that side, obviously had been running that business uh, for a couple of years. Um, so on completion, um, Pollen put a significant uh, piece of new equity into the transaction. 
and Oplo and Tandem were officially merged when the FCA permissions came through. And we're now on that journey of building the fairer, greener bank um, and merging all of the brands that the bank currently has into one under the Tandem uh, banner. Fantastic. And so the range of products then covers what uh, residential mortgages, um, home improvement, vehicles, personal loans. Is there anything else in there? Is there any um, any industrial or SME funding at all? No, not not currently. So obviously the vision, um, which we'll touch on, is around you know financing the green transition over the next ten years. So we've got significant capability in terms of products and distribution to consumers across them product sets. There's probably one or two areas we'd like to add capability, potentially sort of the point of sale by now, like space potentially. Yeah. Um, but the vision very, very much is um, we talk about 26 million new mainstream consumers that we want to support. And, you know, the vision is if a consumer needs consumer credit at a point in time in their life, then Tandem wants to be a provider that be there to provide that service. But then also while we're doing that, obviously doing it digitally, but try and nudge customers to fairer, greener choices. Um, that said, um, in delivering our vision, um, we, we understand that SMEs and landlords are going to be a big part of that solution. So whilst there's nothing on the table today, certainly interested in looking at how we add SME landlord capability so we can help finance the, you know, the opportunities on, on the business side as well. So if you look at the um, if you look at the, the global uh, production of CO two, um, and I, I have to say I've taken this from uh, John Dawes' uh, fantastic book uh, Speed and Scale, which is a, a global action plan for solving our climate climate crisis. Which um, uh, rather um, fortunately I read I read uh, a couple of months ago, so it's uh, it's pretty clear in my mind. But there's there's fifty six gigatons of uh, CO two generated each year across the world. Um, of that, uh, six gigatons comes from uh, transportation, so buses, lorries, cars, etc., and uh, a whopping 21 gigatons from um, the uh, the electricity grid uh, and production of power. So, I think that when we look at trying to um, offset and uh, and diminish that 56 gigatons. Vehicles and the power grid have got quite a lot of a, a role to play in that, haven't they? Now, in, in terms of financing for um, for cars in the UK, are you, do you have a special focus on um, electric vehicles and and hybrids, or are you are you trying to finance everything but try and move people to uh, uh, to the um, the greener alternatives? Yeah, so we're we're positioning the bank. Um... You know, practically so obviously the government itself has got the the real macro decisions to make um and then you've got what we see is almost the early adopters which tend to be more affluent people that have got the opportunity to purchase you know the the new expensive electric cars that have been yeah. produced early on um but for the full transition to happen then obviously mainstream society um needs to also make that transition but in reality you know, people can't afford a £150,000 new electric Porsche. Um, mm. But over time, the, you know, the, the cost of electric cars and the access and availability of them cars will start to become more available to the mainstream. And obviously, you'll start to build a more significant second-hand market. So we think there's about £10 billion of spend required in the UK 
in, in consumer transport. So people are going to need to spend about 10 billion making that transition. And we think there's around 10 billion also required for consumers to sort of upgrade their homes to EPC, A, B and C. Um, yeah. We don't think, you know, realistically that consumers are going to simply go out and, you know, spend 20, 30, 40,000 pounds on the property or buy a new car all at once. Um, but what we want to try and do is sort of help nudge consumers um, along that journey over the next 10 years during that transition. So, you know, good examples of that might be when your boiler breaks down at home, you know, instead of just renewing it with a standard boiler, could you go to one of our suppliers and have an air, there's air sourced boilers now that are significantly more efficient. You know, um, maybe there's at some point in time you can upgrade your windows and that needs to do to energy efficient windows. So, um, and that's probably the same for the car uh, opportunity as well. So you'll start to see in the tandem product line, um, you know, we'll approve you for a car loan of your choice when you're looking at a car in a dealership. But then we'll be in that approval, we'll be nudging back, you know, some better advance rates, maybe some cheaper interest rates or some good reasons to perhaps choose a you know, more energy efficient or lower emission vehicle if you don't want an electric yeah. one or an electric vehicle. Yeah, it almost comes back to um, the old uh, car dealer salesperson pitch, doesn't it? About you know, you're buying a new car, it's more fuel efficient, and uh, you're going to get more miles per gallon out of it. Therefore, the, the the excess cost of the vehicle is offset by the savings that you're making on um, on better yeah. mileage, etc. I think if you look at um, if you look at the Tesla website as an example, they they factor in the savings you're going to make based on various mileages to give you some comparison of one vehicle against another. I guess if you take that a step further and look at um, road fund license and uh, other aspects of it as well, then there's, there's yeah. benefits to be had there. So have you seen any any increase in take up for uh, the, the green loans as a result of uh, the recent increases in utility prices? And just, just to make sure we, um, we kind of put a, a a line in the sand or a date point for this utilities price has gone up by an average of 700 pounds a year uh, in april of this year and are likely to go up again uh, in october of this year so um clearly a lot of household pressure uh, and stress on bills is that translating into a, a greater increase in demand um not significantly today um, but i think the the cost of living crisis whilst it's talked about heavily um when that price cap came off most people sort of came out of winter and switched and reduced the consumption within the property. We are expecting sort of first of October onwards when the for the price increases to significantly bite. So you know you've got the use of the gas and electricity in within this winter with that price cap. You've obviously got the cost of inflation and you have the cost in your mortgage payments of yeah. uh, uh, base rate going up. So we're we're expecting to see that in the latter half of this year. Um, and yes, I think, you know, there's there's two challenges. So yes, it's definitely more efficient and cheaper if you make some of these transitions. However, currently it's also fairly costly uh, initially to make these transitions. So people, you know, we work with a number of suppliers um, in our home improvement business where they've got a selection of products which help your home um, overall become substantially greener, but also substantially cheaper. So one of them quotes, um, you know, if you were to put three or four of their various products into the home, it take it costs around ten thousand pounds for your typical house, 
but then they, they reckon or they quote that the entire annual gas and electric bill will be 200 pounds. So right. you know, that's a significant saving. So if you say the average cost of gas and electric is 400 pounds and you can reduce a month, but you can reduce that to say 200 pounds per annum, that's a significant saving. So what we're then trying to do is work with them customers, uh, so them companies, and provide the financing where you know these can be then that ten thousand pounds can be spread out potentially over ten years, and then it becomes a, a genuinely sensible choice. So you're not just doing it to be green; you're also yeah. genuinely saving money today, i.e., with your loan payment and the reduced cost of spend. So, um, but it's going to be it's going to take some time, you know, for customers to understand that that's an option you know it's, uh, and then also how, how to source them options it sounds like a hybrid of um, the green deal doesn't it that that the government launched uh, almost a decade ago now where you can you can install some green measures and um, the benefit of the um, of, of those measures that you've implemented reduces your overall electricity bill or your utility bill um, and then that goes towards paying for the um, the measures to be implemented in the first place. Um, I think that that scheme um, started off with great intentions, but didn't get too far, did it? Unfortunately, with the with so, the funding and the, some mis-selling yeah, of solar as well. Yeah, that's right. So Tandem actually runs and owns the the the, the remnants of that green scheme. So there's been some learning clearly out of that. I think, but we're definitely in a different time today. So when that was probably originally conceptualised and launched. Um, there's certainly one obviously is that this makes a lot of sense to transition for the sake of the planet, but there wasn't that same financial pressure perhaps, you know, on on gas and electric, where it's a completely different story today. You know, yeah. I was talking to, um, we have a a green and EV scheme for our employees um, where we sort of allow them to fund it through the, through the company to make that transition. But I was talking to someone that works for us the other day and they did quite a lot of mileage. So they've done sort of 20,000 this year. But he gave an example. So with his car, there's within the app, there's the ability to set your charging times to coincide to correlate with when electricity is cheaper. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, and he he quoted that he'd spent you know his entire uh, mileage cost for or cost of fuel was thirty pounds last month. Um, you know, so whilst the car's significantly more expensive, that is a significant reduction in running costs. Now, as yeah. then cars start to hit the used markets. Uh, you know, at three years, four years, and five years old, then that they're going to be, you know, I suspect then there'll be significant take up because awareness will be significantly greater, you know, and the cost and availability of that secondhand stock will be coming through. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective as well on um, electric vehicles being used as a, an electricity store uh, for the house, isn't there? Where they, they can download, effectively download and store electricity on a cheaper rate overnight and then release it back into the into the house or potentially into the office if you're if you're parking back at work. I mean that'd be an interesting yeah, so um, one of the, proposition. One of, yeah. So when I was talking about the supplier that's doing this sort of combined package, one of the options within that package is these new improved battery stores. So right. it obviously stores the electricity that's generated in the day through the solar panels, but can also then draw and fill itself up overnight when the cost of electricity is significantly cheaper. And then obviously yeah. we distribute that through these battery stores, both to the home, but also to the car. Yeah, so. no, that sounds great. So, so where do you see the, you, you talked about 26 million people in the UK being um, underserved. How, how do we, um, how do you specifically address some of the, 
kind of the fuel poverty issue. So we, we talked about household finances being tightened as a result of inflation, utility bills, etc. It's almost like this catch twenty two situation, isn't it? About you need people need to invest in some respects to get out of that trap, but they can't make that investment potentially because their credit rating is poor or they're, um, they've got a higher interest rate. Are you doing anything around that or are there any initiatives that you see there that, that could help? Yeah, so I think there's probably two groups of customers you're referring to here. So where typically somebody is a homeowner, typically they've got you know a better, a better income, more stability and are more likely to be able to access credit facilities to make these changes. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we refer to as almost sort of the new mainstream. So, you know, it's people that were traditionally served by the, the high street banks, the, the, the brands and names we'll all know that have been over the last five or 10 years, generally pulling away from that sort of consumer lending or certainly making the cutoff scores uh, tighter and tighter. So they're serving less and less people uh, where there's then a secondary group of customers that are generally in a, a you know, sort of in the tenant uh, markets uh, place. Um, they're going to clearly struggle. It's going to be more difficult for them to access credit, you know, and less likely they'll even want to take credit to make some of these changes. And I think that's where obviously the landlord responsibility comes in. So, and where whilst we don't have that capability today, it's how can we, Tandem will likely look to acquire some capability so we can support the landlords to make the changes so the tenants can then benefit uh, moving forward. Yeah, so I think that um, the private rented sector is one that that needs most transformation doesn't it it's four million houses in the uk that are yeah. part of the private rental space um and those are typically ones that have got the lower epcs as well so the, the government's got that initiative in place to move all of the epcs to at least a, a c by 2025 but yeah um the, the landlords need something uh, beyond that i think otherwise um they were looking at gaming the system potentially for a few years and trying to find a way through it getting that housing stock up today is, is is critical isn't it so you, you say that you're, you're looking at something you can introduce in that at some point uh, it is um yeah we've, we've obviously to fulfill our mission and, and help that sort of that greener transition it's a significant part of the of the market in the uk so it's a capability that doesn't exist but today within tandem but i mean you're seeing probably externally there's already um, bridging lenders and commercial lenders that are starting to offer the concept of an improved product and uh, increased discounted interest rates to support tenants. Yeah, it's certainly a space that we would like to be involved in in the uh, near future. Yeah, so in, in the research that we've just just performed, the uh, our Pinch and Purpose report, which is our annual uh, research on, into consumers' attitudes to borrowing, um, 45% of the respondents said that their lender's green credentials are either very important or extremely important to them. Do you think that's right? Does that actually translate into um, people seeking you out? Or is it just, yeah, it'd be great if they were green, but actually, I just want the cheapest rate? Um, yeah, so it's an interesting statistic. So I think, you know, 46%, you know, I think most people now are starting to accept that you know, change is required and, you know, it's good change, it's helped for the planet, but practically people need to be able to afford, there needs to be a benefit, a uh, financial benefit generally for people to make them greener choices. Um, yeah. So, and again, you know, the, the current cost of fuel, the uh, price rises we're seeing, it's, it, it's, you know, it's accelerated that benefit. So it's not just winning the hearts and minds of people and changing attitudes, we're, we're actually starting to get to a place now where it's also a sensible practical decision to do 
Um, so I think the two factors combined will see an acceleration of uptake, both in terms of customers seeking it out and wanting it, and then just generally taking it when it's available. Yeah. And so I think if you if you consider organisations like the co-op, which was um, the ethical lender, people would seek them out because they wanted to put their funds with somebody who was going to deal with them in, a, in an appropriate manner that, that yeah. married up with their own particular values. Are you seeing on the deposit side that um, you're able to raise more funds because you are the greener bank and uh, and people want want to put the funding with you and make sure that it's deployed for uh, for greener measures? Yeah, I'd say so. And and I'd say that we will be able to accelerate that significantly moving forwards. Um, right. Obviously, interest rates are ticking up at the moment. So savers, there's an element of savers a little bit less sticky, a little bit more jumpy. Um, yeah. But one of the one of the ways we think we can um, sort of maintain or improve retention is by not just telling customers we're fair and greener and quoting some of the statistics that you've probably heard 12,000 tons of CO2 financed through Allium last year. Um, but actually starting to provide much more meaningful touch points or outcomes back to our customers. So we've just recently launched our uh, green uh, second mortgage offering. So that's where if you're a C-rated customer, you get a 50 bit, uh, bips discount. If you're a, a sorry, a, 20, a 15 bip, if you're a B, you get a 25. And if you're an A, you get a 50. Um, but then we're also now starting to customers that don't make that grade we're now starting to connect them with what we're calling our green deal, where we'll provide them with a list of all of our retailers. We'll give them a free EPC uh, certificate or rating for them because they might not have access to that. Okay. We'll give them a report in terms of what they need to do on their property then to upgrade it to green. We'll then subsequently then give them a list of introducers that can provide them products because, again, a lot of these customers don't know where to go. Yeah. And then we'll then offer the finance to make that transition and then subsequently give them the discount if they qualify. So I think you'll start to see a lot more of that generally as well around, you know, letting people, you know, giving the discounts, but also educate, providing the education and then the direction to actually make that change. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating, isn't it? I look around my house and think there's, there's got to be a way, there's got to be loads of ways of reducing the utility bill here, hopefully. Um, but it's just where do you go first? You know, do you go with the insulation first, or do you change the boiler? Um, does the change of the boiler to a heat pump mean that you've got to go and change a lot of the radiators and the pipe work, etc.? You almost need like some consultants to come in. It sounds, sounds to me like you're you're providing the, some of that infrastructure to people about here's what you can do next. Is that right? Yeah, we are, and it's this is early in this transition, but um, the companies are starting now to connect onto this. So the actual retailers themselves so you know you a typical whole house solution might include solar panels battery storage air source bo air boilers and also these new infrared radiators oh, yeah typical cost of that might be ten thousand so you what some companies are now starting to do is then say right when they get an inquiry let's just say for a boiler rather than just provide that boiler they send out an agent uh, to the customer's home have a look at the epc look at what specific uh things they could do to their property because that's the other thing many properties are different in terms of a what they need to change and b if it's changeable um and they're starting they're just starting to cotton on to this sort of whole of house solution concept um yeah. you know we're at tandem we're trying to work how we, how we connect two retailers in also doing that so 
you know it's not just providing the finance it's also potentially providing you know a more holistic finance solution with maybe a, a larger ltv on your property because obviously when you make these changes it's, it's good for the environment but potentially it can also increase the value of the home moving forward yeah yeah i think if you look at um if, if there's any kind of measure that you could draw about um the total cost of ownership for a property uh, in terms of its running costs etc that would be fascinating wouldn't it if, yeah. If you look at um, passive houses as an example, which seem to have incredibly low um, environmental footprints, um, I saw some research on that recently that, that talks about how um, the house warms up from the humans um, being in the house and breathing and the, and the heat that they yeah. generate and also heat that comes from laptops and TVs and things of that nature. And if you haven't got that, it doesn't really kickstart the, the process. It's just remarkable, isn't it? Sounds like a, almost the Matrix, isn't it? Where the humans are heating the house. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these infrared radiators are just, you know, um, it's newish technology, but it's still incredible. It's it's all around. Instead of a radiator having to heat the whole of the house and all of the volume within the room, the 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 infrared actually directs focused heat through into a certain space where you spend most of your time. So oh, really? the actual heat is significantly less. And the energy is significantly less required, but you still get that feeling of feeling warm. It's a little bit like if you go and stand by your window on a sunny day, yeah, in in a room, you can feel really warm, and then if you go to the back of that room, it can feel significantly you know, a few degrees cooler. Um, and that's sort of the concept, if you like, of the of the infrared radiators. Yeah, I mean it's true sales aid finance, isn't it? In the in the classical sense that you go back um, yeah. a couple of decades ago, and and it was. It was there, you know, you, you, you buy this piece of equipment, say for the manufacturing business, and it gives you the efficiency that's going to pay back over a period of time and it ends up being effectively cost neutral and you're getting the benefit of, uh, of reducing the CO2 emissions as well. So where do you see, um, where do you see other lenders in this space and, and what do you think is going to happen over uh, the next five, 10 years? More people coming in or? Uh, yeah, I think there'll be a general transition to it. So as consumers start to become a, a product aware of what's available and you know it becomes financially very sensible to do that and I think we're at that tipping point now um, finance companies will naturally find themselves financing these goods and services um, we just want to be a leader in that field you, you know uh, get ahead of that curve and help that transition um, you know that, clearly that's what we're, we're starting to do as you can probably you can tell from this conversation so no, that sounds good. So yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think there's going to be um, just increased focus on it everywhere you go now. People are talking about how they uh, how they can reduce their bills and uh, reduce their uh, carbon footprint. There's a credit card that launched recently called uh, Tread, um, yeah. which has done a reasonable raise that's that's monitoring people's carbon emissions from where they spend money and what they spend on. So I guess you come back to um, certain elements about food miles as well. I mean, that was a thing a while ago that seems to have got um, gone quiet recently in some spaces yeah. but so we have all by local concepts it is it is it's that the education process and piece here is is actually as big as the providing the finance or providing the product yeah. so you know you'll see again you'll see tandem in the near future starting to launch similar products to what you just mentioned um you know because a big part of this is simply education yeah uh, you know and i think one of the advantages perhaps that we now have at tandem uh, over our competitors is we have distribution across quite a, quite a range of markets. So when, as I talked about, a retailer being able to sort of holistically go to a property, sell a boiler, sell a whole suite, 
we've got a range of products that can also help facilitate that. So we currently finance an awful lot of green retailer products. So we're in financing them. We understand what the product is, but then we've also got a mortgage division so we can work with yeah. you know that financing and the mortgage to connect to the green retailer. We've got savings capability where we can raise money for green lending, you know, and we'll be able to show and demonstrate clearly to them savers how that's been deployed. So I think Tandem will be well placed to provide a much more holistic solution than just a single point of sale uh, 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 solution. No, that sounds great. Well, Alex, it's been it's been fascinating talking to you about this uh, about this topic. How can people find out more about you and Tandem? Uh, so we do quite a bit on LinkedIn if it's uh, people are interested just in from a, a business perspective. So there's lots of articles we pump out in terms of what's going on in Tandem and in the world. Um, yeah, look, I speak to a lot of people like yourself, Richard. So uh, if people want to reach out, just uh, reach out. My email's on there. Uh, drop us a note. Very good. And there's uh, there's always information on uh, the Tandem website and on YouTube as well. I enjoyed looking at uh, some of the work you're doing about planting trees. How many trees have you done there? Yeah, um, yeah so we're, funnily, we're actually at one of our sites yesterday. So we've done 30,000 trees um, locally um, in uh, an estate called Leighton Hall. Um, so we've got a 30 acre site there that's now fully planted. We also support um, uh, a company called Trees for Life who are rewilding huge swathes of Scotland. Um, so I'm not quite sure the number that we've got up there, maybe 15, 20,000 so far. So yeah, you've probably seen we uh, we plant a tree for every loan that's taken. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, so. Fantastic. Alex Mollart, Deputy Chief Executive of Tandem Bank. Thanks very much indeed. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Richard. All the best. hope you enjoyed the latest podcast from our Pension Purpose series. If any of the topics resonated with you today, do get in touch by emailing creditservices at equinity.com. Or for more information, visit our website, equinity.com, and check back soon for more podcasts.